Welcome listeners to 2021 and episode 32 of the Running Guy podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes and health professionals from around the world, like in today's episode, where I'm chatting to an Aussie runner from the Gong, who towards the end of 2019 ran a 68.45 for the half and a 226.47 for the full, and has set the goal to break the 220 benchmark for the marathon distance, whilst providing the running community written articles and interviews with elite athletes via the online format under the business name of Run Creature. Welcome to the Running Guy podcast, Miles Goff. Hi, Aston. How you going, uh, Miles? Thanks. Yeah, great, mate. Thanks for having me on the program. No, no, it's great to have you on, mate. Really been looking forward to this. Um, been training today? Not today, actually. So I've got a 3K race tonight, this evening. It's Saturday, uh, the 16th of January today. So there's the Illawarra Track Challenge today, which is happening at the Karen McCann Athletic Center here in Wollongong. Um, okay. And they got a whole slew of races, a lot of sprints going on, and then a 3K in the evening. So I'll be hopping into that 3,000 meter race on the track and, uh, yeah, hoping to have a pretty good, pretty good hit up. So no, so no jogs this morning. I'll do a little warm up before that this evening and then, uh, yeah, try to, try to run a fast one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a bit of an accent there, Mike. Tell me about that. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, I, I am Australian. I have my Australian citizenship Aston. I've been here since about 2009, but okay. I actually grew up in Canada. So I was born and raised in Toronto and yeah, grew up there, um, went to university in Ottawa, which is uh, the capital of Canada, uh, a little bit uh, similar to Canberra, I guess, in that regard. And that's where I met my now wife, who is Australian. So I came back here uh, following her after I finished my first uni degree and um, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. All these foreign boys grabbing hold of these Aussie girls, hey? <laughs> her parents warned her when when she did an exchange year uh, not to fall in love with a Canadian, so <laughs> she obviously didn't listen to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how are you finding Aussie loving it? Oh, absolutely love Australia, mate. Um, it's it's home now for sure. I mean, I've been here, you know, going on eleven years, and um, yeah, love love the climate. It agrees with me uh, very much. So, um, love the people. Love you know just just everything about. About living here it's been fantastic and uh yeah wouldn't wouldn't trade it for anything sure and always in Wollongong no so when I first came out here we were in Sydney so we um we spent probably six years in Sydney sort of moving around uh the inner inner west and eastern suburbs of Sydney okay. and then did a short stint in Canberra I I, I head down to Canberra quite regularly because my wife's family are all down there so all my in-laws so we, we come down quite a bit so we were there for about six eight months we lived there um both took took sort of short-term contracts there and then uh we, we got work in Wollongong so we we came here early 2016 we, we we moved to Wollongong okay and the COVID thing it hasn't been too bad down there has it I mean Canberra we've been the golden state I call it we've hardly been untouched we've been so good but uh hasn't been that much worse in the, in the gong has it in terms of the, are you talking about in terms yeah, of restrictions and that? Yeah, I mean, I, there was a little bit um, around Christmas time with that uh, thing that happened out the northern beaches and uh, I know the central coast and the and the Wollongong Shire. There was a few restrictions there. That's mainly been lifted now, or yeah. So I think that, I mean there were a couple of cases that sort of popped up around Christmas time and and um, yeah, look, everyone was really good here in the local community. I think you know as soon as that sort of um, that news popped up. People went and got tested on mass and and uh, and did the right thing. And, and for the most part, I, I think it was kept pretty much in check. Uh, and, and look, you know, going around now uh, in town, you're seeing everyone wear their masks and everything, especially if they're indoors or going shopping. But um, otherwise, I mean, we've we've been we've been relatively unscathed 
uh, through mm. coronavirus such would i mean it's it's been uh, there've been you know i guess periods where where you you want to be precautious but uh, it feels it feels pretty normal and and we're feeling you know pretty pretty safe at the moment so hopefully that that continues and how do you earn a bob down there in Wollongong what do you do for work so um, well right now i'm i'm sort of working as a freelance writer and and obviously doing run creature which is sort of doing some journalistic work telling stories about runners and athletes um Previously, I was I was in media and communications, so I used to work in communications uh, in higher education. So I worked for a university for for several years, um, did some writing for for magazines and some freelance writing, and, and I'm also a, a high school teacher. So uh, I was teaching high school English um, in 2018, and 2019, and uh, and yeah, it took a break from that. Was doing some casual work, and then you know, sort of COVID COVID struck, and sort of um, yeah, I've been sort of trying to figure out what what the next step is, uh, you know, when when we sort of <laughs> when all this clears up sure sure um now i've only got times here um on the um uh world athletics they call themselves now um so up 2009 and 2020 they're pretty handy times we'll talk about soon but obviously you've got a bit of running history before that uh, came in, in canada so let's talk about that how you got involved in running how long you've been running for it's uh it's not a huge history it's not as okay. big a history as you'd probably think Aston. so it's it's it is relatively new. I mean, I used to, I was always a sporty guy. So I always played, you know, heaps of sport growing up. Um, I was very, very big into my ice hockey when I was a kid, obviously growing up in, in Canada. So, so did a lot of team sports, played ice hockey in the winter, then um, baseball and soccer in the summer um, and ran a bit of track and field and ran cross country in school, but then sort of went on a big hiatus from running. I mean, I liked it, but I, but I was never into it seriously. Never sort of did like little athletics. It was all just school organized meets and stuff. And then, um, look, it came, it, it probably took coming out here. And really, if I'm being honest, it took moving to Wollongong and sort of, um, getting involved in park run probably around 2016, early 2017, before I started sort of running seriously or semi-seriously, I guess. And, uh, yeah, so it's 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 not it's not an extensive history. Um, it's it's relatively new in terms of you know my my life and and devoting all the the hours that I devote to it now. But um, yeah, I'm loving it, and it's a it's a huge part of my life now. Um, both training personally, but also just sort of trying to to you know tell these stories through Run Creature and talk to athletes and learn from athletes and and do very much what you're doing, right? Pick pick the brains of people who are out there doing incredible things in the sport. Yeah, yeah, okay. So just for a bit of reference for the listeners, like. Park run 5K. What, where were you running when you first started doing those? What sort yes, of times? It took um, it took a lot of hounding from my wife before I actually finally caved and went to park run too. She sure. sort of she bit the bullet and uh, and and went with a girlfriend a few times and she kept coming home. She said, "You'll love it. You'll love it." And I said, "No, it's the last thing I want to do. You know, get up early on a Saturday and go run 5K. Like that just seems like torture and punishment and uh, and all the rest." And then finally i caved i mean we were in we were new in town we hadn't met too many people so it was a good way to go out and sort of sort of get to know some people and uh yeah went up to the bulleye sand and point parkrun which is absolutely beautiful if you haven't if you haven't run it if anyone's sort of down illawarra way make sure you get up to the sand and point parkrun because it's an absolutely stunning course but um first time around i think it was early 2017 and i would have ran about 19 and a half minutes okay yep and i remember being just amazed and i remember being amazed uh, at all the people with all their watches I, I, it sounds naive but i really had no idea that people ran with running watches like that was just like this new thing to me and i was like mm. oh, all these people on the start line and then i remember just like how quick some people were running and just 
it seemed effortless. I mean, I ran 19 and a half minutes, but I was super puffed and exhausted at the end of it. Um, but I was also pretty exhilarated. And I, I sort of remembered finishing thinking, okay, I get why this is kind of fun. And and I want to come back next week and, and just try and improve. Uh, and so the rest is history. Just um, it became a, a part of the weekly routine. Mm, excellent. All right, let's talk about some of these times. Starting with 3000 Sydney, November 21, you've ran at 8.32.66. So that's a big improvement from uh, just a sub 20 for the park run. So let's talk about that race, 8.32.66 for the 3000 metres. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're talking relatively recently. So that was the 3K champs um, just a couple of months ago. Obviously made, yeah, quite a fair bit of progress uh, over the the last three years, I guess. Uh, Initially just sort of training with myself but then also have been working with a coach here in Wollongong I got a fellow named Barry Keem who's an excellent uh runner he's an ultra runner and he, he used to be a marathoner and, and he's a solid athlete and I just had a good group of guys as well that we sort of train with locally um, we push each other and, and sort of do some some workouts together and long runs on Sunday so it's been really helpful to have that group um but yeah the 3,000 meters so that was up in Sydney it was an excellent day for running I was in the C race which just tells you the sort of class and, and depth of talent that was competing on that day um but i had a yeah it was a pretty good strong field in that sea race i was i was running for the first two kilometers behind uh scott westcott who's a former olympic marathoner so that is always helpful to sort of uh be able to just sort of trail uh and draft behind a marathoner uh who's competed at the olympics um sure and so yeah, it just sort of it was you know it's a tough it's a tough distance in as much as you're just sort of you're just walking, you know, you're right on that red line the whole way, basically. And um, and you're wearing yeah. spikes? I was wearing spikes, yeah, which yeah. was pretty new. Um, I hadn't, I think I'd only worn spikes in a couple of track races before that. Um, so that, that was pretty new. But yeah, I had the spikes on. Um, so I guess that makes it official. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was a perfect night for racing, just like mm. perfect conditions. It was up at Sydney Olympic Park on the warm-up track, and, and it was a fantastic event. Now, earlier in the year, this is January, the start of 2020, you ran 15.05 up there in Sydney for the 5,000 metres. Yeah, yeah. So about, you know, I, I guess almost a calendar year before in, in mm. January. Mm. Um, that was the state, I believe it was the state 5K champs. Um, and again, sort of in, in one of the, you know, uh, not that A race, but in a B race. And yeah, just had a really, really good, good night out. I mean, Athletics New South Wales has done a phenomenal job putting on these track events. Um, especially recently, like given everything that's been happening with the coronavirus and, and all mm-hmm. the restrictions, they've just done a phenomenal job putting on these events. And so that was one of the first races that I'd ever done on a track. Aston, I'd, I'd done a lot of park runs, you know, done 5K just, uh, you know, on, on various park run circuits. But getting out on the track was completely new and almost foreign and something I hadn't done since I was probably about 12 years old when I was running an 800 meter or something in, in primary school. And so um, that was that was fun. It was exhilarating. Um, just sort of, you know, talked to my coach beforehand, who was giving me some tips about you know, where I, where I needed to be and and how I should sort of position myself in the in the pack. And probably didn't listen. Probably spent way too much time out in lanes two and three trying to trying to overtake people. But had a great night. And again, it was a, I remember it being a really good good night. It was a warm night, but otherwise still conditions. And and yeah, just went for it and uh, nearly nearly snuck under fifteen minutes, but not quite. And that's on the, was that on the same track, the warm-up track out there at Sydney? Or? It was, there's, there's two sort of right across the road from each other, adjacent to each other. So right. one is the track. I think that was on the, 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 the bigger track with the, yep. with the stadium seating in it. Yep, okay. All right, 10,000 metres. Um, again, in Sydney, this is October 2020. 
You've ran 31.00, a nice 10,000-metre time there. Yeah, I, look, I was really happy with that. Um, that. We've been doing a whole bunch of marathon training all year, kind of trying to stay more or less ready in case something ended up happening. I mean, I know it was a bit of a long shot, and, uh, you know, we were month by month, you're just sort of looking at the running calendar being like, well, maybe Melbourne will go ahead, maybe Sydney, and then, you know, you get down to it, and it's like, no, nah, it's going to be postponed. And that was kind of always in the back of my mind that, none of these big marathons were going to go ahead. So mm. I banked quite a bit of, bit of fitness. And so I was feeling, feeling pretty good. Um, and I'd actually wanted to have a really solid hit at, at the cross country at New South Wales state cross country. And that was a month before that was in September. And I went out Aston and I absolutely bombed that race, like cooked myself, didn't finish, you know, got, got seven K in and just had to pull the pin. And it was, it was, crappy for lack of a better word i mean it was an awful feeling you know when you when you blow up in a race like that um yeah. and so I was, I was pretty down on myself after that but um did some did some uh self-reflection and 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 you know didn't waste much time and then when this ten thousand meter race popped up i decided I, I needed to hop back into it and uh yeah there was some great again great athletes in that race it was the championship race so um obviously the, the those front runners were were out running you know 29 minutes low or maybe i think a couple of people snuck like ed goddard who won would have snuck under 29 minutes which is just phenomenal um but out, out in that 31 minute zone um we had a few good athletes and i was able to work with some of them and we uh we sort of pushed each other and paced each other and yeah got nearly snuck under 31 minutes but uh, yeah i was very pleased with that because that was a, a big personal best for me yeah yeah no fantastic so what sort of um i mean i'm interested to see how you progress with your volume obviously you're surrounded by some other good athletes you got yourself a coach but um yeah what sort of volume were you running like let's just say in 2020 last year when you're doing these times yeah so i probably um you know if i'm looking just at my garmin connect which i did recently in strava um i'm i'm nearly up around six thousand kilometers for the year um i can yeah. actually for you if i uh, it's about a 120 average yeah yeah but there's it's probably and and look, it's a, it was a little bit variable, um, you know, yep. taking for a race, sometimes it drops a little bit, but yeah, for, yep. the, for the most part, it was kind of in that ballpark. 2020, I'm looking at right now, so Strava's telling me that my distance for the year was, yep. yeah, just over 6,000 kilometers, so. Um, so when you were preparing for the marathon, what were your big weeks? So. Mm, the marathon that might have happened. Yeah, the marathon that might have happened, yeah. <laughs> which didn't happen. Look, yeah, I yeah. Probably never got into the full full scale like build because mm. uh, my coach mm. and I were just watching and and, and waiting and, and so probably kept it pretty consistent around 120 like that would have been yep. Yep. on the on the bigger end of of some of those bigger weeks for me last year yeah. um was that double now, runs or that was just running seven days a week or how how were you sort of um structuring those weeks yeah I hadn't really integrated any doubles yet I think I did for a little bit and then I backed off the doubles because I was dealing with a little bit of shin just shin issues like a bit of bone yeah. stress on the shin so so i backed those off um and, and yeah it was just kind of running seven days a week with the occasional rest day in there yeah, um yeah. probably I, I did drop down because i was doing basically three sessions like i'd be doing a tuesday session thursday session and then i'd, I'd sometimes get out and run park run almost like a like a session like i'd sort of race yeah. it a little bit yeah. um and then park run stopped so i sort of dropped down to the two sessions and i'd be doing a tuesday friday session yeah. and then and then just hitting you know those big long sunday runs yeah um, yeah 
so there, that was kind of how I built it up. But um, I'm now starting yeah. to create doubles a little bit more. And, I'm, and, and just in the last couple of weeks, I'm trying to get my volume up a little bit because, um, yeah, the goal is to, to run a marathon early early this year. Canberra might be the, the one that I target. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll chat about that soon, Miles. I'll just move on to um, to your marathon. So that was down there in Melbourne. And actually, your half marathon. I think I might have done this race. Um so September 2019 in Sydney, you ran in 68.45. Was that out at Homebush? No. So that was um, that was the Blackmore's half. So, yeah, I, I didn't. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that one that you ran out at Homebush, that looked like a, a really quick race. And uh, yeah, I would have loved to have popped into that one. It was sort of, it um, it fell between City to Surf and Blackmore's. And I it think was there was always, yeah, it was, um, yeah, that's right. And I, I did the Blackmore's marathon. I was a bit worried it would be a bit close, but it actually worked out quite well. But um. Okay, so sixty-eight forty-five in the Blackmores. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good run. I mean, what what sort of time were you hoping to run for the half? Look, I was really pleased with that. I wanted to sneak under seventy um, minutes for the half. Uh, I, I thought I had a good chance of doing it earlier in the year um, at the Sydney Morning Herald one, the the one that yeah. they have in May, which uh, starts and finishes in Hyde Park, which is another great event. Um, but I was a bit sick that day. Like I woke up and I just I just felt rubbish. I was a bit under the weather, and and things didn't yeah. come together on that day. Um, and so I, yeah, I really wanted to have a solid hit out at the half. And, uh, yeah, I remember it just being a, a, a great run. Like, I think I was sort of in that lead, not, not quite in the lead pack to begin with, because there were a few guys who went out from memory. I think Tom DeCanto won that race. And I think he, he had a couple of Japanese guys who were pushing him right to the end. And, and Matt Cox was up there, uh, in the standings as well. So I wasn't with that, that sort of lead pack, but I remember I went out with Vlad Shatrov, um, great Newcastle based runner and yeah we sort of ran together for the first 5k and then yeah i, I just sort of was able to sustain that pace and, and look I, I ran a lot of the race solo actually and then caught it caught a japanese guy with probably maybe three three k's to go and i i tried to sort of help him along but i don't th- i don't know i don't know if he understood what i was saying but he he tried to we sort of ran that last couple of kilometers it's a beautiful course you're coming around through circular key and um you know the opera house in full view and the bridge running under the bridge it's just incredible but um yeah, I just remember it being a, a really perfect day. Um, I know the marathon, you know, the, the marathon, st- because of the start time, some people are finishing the marathon and it's getting pretty hot, but the half marathon starts nice and early. So it just stays, mm. stays cool. Yeah. The whole um, and so, yeah, really benefited from that because I, I quite like running in, in cooler temperatures. I think sure. that just agreed with me a little bit more. Sure. It might be my Canadian heritage, Justin, but um, I yeah, think was most it. of us will take a 12 degree day over a 25 degree day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but no, just, just, just ran strong that day. Felt really good the whole way. Mm. Um, I think I took on a little bit of fuel, like I might've carried a gel with me, but, but yeah, I would have taken that on probably later in the race, like 16 K and I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty good about getting, getting water at, at all the water stations. I, I usually try to, to get my water in, but, um, yeah, just, just had a really great, great afternoon. Well, a great morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was your overall position in that race? um off offhand it was definitely in the top 10 i think i might have been yeah. sixth or seventh in that race so yeah i was very happy yeah. with that yeah all right marathon melbourne 2019 226 47 now is that your first marathon is that the only marathon that you've done no so it was okay. my second it's, it's my second marathon so the very first one i ran was canberra 2019 so i'd run one earlier in the year um right. and i'd run it off very little sort of base or or even marathon specific training i just kind of said to my wife that you know what i think i'd like to have a crack 
and running a marathon and she kind of shrugged and said yeah okay um and so without knowing knowing very much about what i was doing i, I kind of you know i was just going out and sort of running my 10ks every day and probably got up to about you know probably had two or three weeks before the canberra marathon where i maybe maybe got to 90 kilometers but otherwise i was sort of just running you know 50 60 kilometer weeks um mm. for the eight weeks before that and i just wanted to to get under um two hours 40 for that one i thought that was just a, a good benchmark and, and i did i just snuck under so i think i ran 239 40 or something on that that first attempt okay. um, yep. and i just knew that you know again much like running my first park run event i was just like well this is something that i think i could get a little bit mm. better at i enjoyed it i had a great time so um, how did the back end of the marathon go it was it was okay there was no big fade or in camera no i, I actually it, it went well it, have you run the marathon there yes so there's there's a stretch where you're coming, and I don't know if this is has always been the case, but there's a stretch where you're coming along Parks Way and you're you're coming back, and you meet up with all the half marathoners. Correct. Of course, yeah. the, the races sort of merge and combine, and mm-hmm. so I was coming back along that stretch, and I was just I was feeling a little bit, you know, like I was fading, and then all of a sudden you just surround, like because I was by myself, I've been running basically on an island for for 15 kilometers, and then all of a sudden there's just hundreds of people around you and, and I, luckily there were quite a few people who were sort of running right in the sweet spot so so i just sort of latched on to a few people and, and we we sort of paced each other and then yeah that was that was a huge like mental boon at the time and it really sort yeah. of helped me help me sort of um regain some focus and and yeah so i ended up you know i felt pretty rubbish in the last kilometer but i was i was i, I ended up catching up and passing overtaking a few people in those last couple k just because yeah everyone was sort of fading pretty hard and, and i somehow managed to yeah just just keep going until that finish line yeah yeah they've only just recently changed that course um so i i can't remember if that was the first year that, of the new course but it used to be completely different um mm. so we never used to run through the half marathon because we used to the f- the first part of the uh, marathon used to be the last part of the marathon, um, so if anything, it's a, it's a little bit faster these days because um, we get there's a bit of a dead section when you get to Western Park. It's really slightly undulating and and um, really dead road and can be quite open. And that used to be the last part of the marathon, so a lot of people used to suffer out there. So now we get that out of the way in the first ten or twelve k. And then it's a little bit faster at, at the finish. So the new course is a little bit faster, except for the fact that, yeah, you've got to run through those half marathons. And I, I was the opposite. I was having a bad day. And when I got to those half marathons, it's it's a bit strange because you sort of lose an idea of what pace you're running because generally you're running through the backpackers and, they're, and then um, they're running a little bit slower. So you, you sort of lose, you know, that perception of how you're actually running, um, if that makes sense, because you tend to be running through them. Um, oh, yeah. I was really lucky. I mean, I, I just, because it could have been exactly that, right? It could have been, they could have been going slower and I might, it would have been, you know, ducking and weaving and that would have slowed yeah. me down. Maybe they yeah. were just, you know, but it just, so I looked at my watch and I was like, my, my pace is dead on. And so I just managed yeah. to sort of sneak in right at that sweet spot, which was just, you know, dumb yeah. luck. All right. Um, so that was Canberra. So you ran 239. Most of us will take that as a debut marathon time, mate. So um, you obviously knew that off 50, 60 Ks a week average year on, you had a bit of um a bit of a chance to improve on that. So back down to Melbourne in um so Melbourne's October. You ran your two twenty six forty seven. So what did you do in training between April and October? So yeah, um didn't change a whole lot. Obviously started to run a little bit more in terms of volume, started to actually read up on, you know, 
what marathon training actually looked like and, and looked back at what I'd done before Canberra and sort of said, mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't really, wasn't really training. Like I, I should have been for a marathon. And, um, so, so yeah, first things first, just started to up that volume a little bit, um, started to work with a coach as well. So that was sort of when I, I signed on with, um, Barry Keem, who's a local, a local coach here in Wollongong. And, um, yeah, that's been a really good relationship, but yeah, he, he sort of got me doing a little bit more marathon specific stuff. And also just integrating like fartlek training in a bigger way and doing intervals um, because yeah like really before like I was just going out and I just hammer a 10k run and I, there wouldn't be much variation in my pace at all. Aston, I'd just kind of be you know it was either you know be jogging the 10k or I'd just be running, doing a hard run sort of and the same route every time and the same sort of distance every time. That was kind of just what I did for my my weekly exercise but um yeah as soon as i started working with barry i was i was getting a little bit more variation just in the program uh and that kept it interesting as well right you start doing workouts and you, you give yourself a benchmark and you're trying to improve on those workouts and and just mixing it up a little bit and then integrating also just recovery you know long recovery runs as well um so that was really important just sort of you know build build to build a base i guess and, and to just sort of start seeing and understanding what what training for a marathon really looked like so that was key um and then also just i just raced as well i mean i really love racing so i raced the city to surf um in early august and had a great great time there i sort of snuck into the top 10 in the city to surf uh, i think i ran mm. 40 44 minutes somewhere 44 minutes high nice, uh, yeah. then i had that had that blackmore's run so i had a great half marathon before you know just a month out from that melbourne marathon so that was a really good confidence booster yeah. uh and, and then yeah did a little road trip with my wife down to melbourne and um and yeah ran ran in melbourne uh, i had a couple of good mates who were down there running as well so that was nice we had we had a couple little little pack from wollongong and you know we were there to motivate each other and we did some training in the lead up so it was nice mm. to sort of have a little a little group down there uh, makes the makes the whole race experience enjoyable and just had a just had a, a great day there was there was some you know strong runners in the pack that i was in uh we we did a lot of working together um shared a couple of drink bottles at times when we when we missed them and uh and then you know ran 30k basically with with a really great pack and then that last 12 it was just kind of kind of go time and, and just tried to hold on and finish strong mm-hmm. fantastic how mm. was the body absorbing the uh, the training le- leading into the marathon as far as little niggles, um, you would have up, up the volume. Like when you did that, was the body absorbing it pretty well? Was there any sort of little humps along the way, little learnings that you took on? Yeah, little little things. I mean, I, I've mentioned that I've had sort of a bit of bone stress on the on the shin, so that's something that kind of has recurred a little bit. Um, I've, I've, I tend to get a bit of a recurring sort of soreness in my soleus, which is just sort of like a, a you know in the back lower part of the calf, I guess, and, and one leg. There's little things that sort of rear up uh and rear their head every now and then but nothing that's kind of been like sort of debilitating um Mm -hmm. i remember i remember and and nothing that's really forced me to take any considerable time off which is really fantastic i've been quite quite lucky and and i suppose durable in that regard um i remember feeling quite tired in the lead up to to melbourne like feeling like you know I'm, i'm i'm sort of feeling close to being overdone here and and i remember i had a was sort of entering that taper and and I just had the coach had a 10k sort of tempo on the program, which was probably the last sort of hard workout that I did before the race. And, and look, I, I I went out and I ran it and I nailed it. I, I, but it was just it just felt hard, like I just felt completely sapped 
afterwards. And it was this moment where I didn't know whether I should take, whether I should be confident or whether I should be concerned. Um, and, but, it, you know, in the end, looking back now, I think it, that's just how you're kind of meant to feel like you're meant to feel that, uh, you, you, you know, your, your body is, is tired. And that's what that taper is for. It's to help you sort of um, rest and, and, and make sure that the muscles in the body are ready to go on race day. Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, it's a bit of a, a bit of a learning thing for everyone, isn't it? Um, to find out uh, what's normal and what isn't. And I think as the years go on, you uh, you get better at uh, at filtering out that. And like you said, just um, saying that's just the body um, a, a absorbing all the training and uh, and the rest um, that the rest is what's going to make me stronger and, and and get fitter. I mean the the hard work is doing all the training and all, all the hard sessions and that's breaking down the body. But, um, as you know, you get fear in, in, in good Nick when you actually rest and take that right recovery. But it's always, um, you always doubt yourself. You always second guess, you know, should I be doing more or shouldn't as the years go on, you get better of, uh, at believing in, in, in the training and knowing that the result will come on the day and not getting too um, anxious and, and hung up about it. Cause you can really uh, get yourself in a bit of a mess if you uh, start doing that. But like I said, I think that that comes with time and I think that's the art of, of running and running for many many years that um that you actually start to learn those skills but uh, it sounds like you're picking up pretty quick and it sounds like you're you got some good people around you down there um helping you out so that's fantastic what about with you with your nutrition some people when they start you know doing their marathon training i mean you can pretty much run a half marathon on nothing um but you know when you start running the full distance you really got to start t- thinking about taking in some sugars or, or, you know, even hydration. Um, how did you go with that? Did you have any stomach issues? Were you doing, practicing what you're going to do on race day in training? Yeah, look, I, I tend to carry a gel with me on, on most long runs. And, and look, sometimes I don't need them on a long run if I'm not really sort of gaining it or pushing it too hard. But I'll, I'll try to take one anyway, just, um, you know, practice taking it just whilst running as well. Uh, just, you know, get the feel for that. And I, I'm pretty okay i mean i've obviously had my moments where you know had to do a dash to a toilet but um, my my gut's pretty pretty okay and it's never it's never been an issue in a race thankfully um so so in terms of nutrition um it's mostly gels and and then maybe hydrolyte as well uh luckily like both both canberra and melbourne i was lucky in the sense that i was able to have what like a you know put, put drinks out beforehand um, and I'd, I'd usually have a little gel tape to the bottle so I could take it if I need it. Um, and that was pretty, pretty good. Uh, look in a, in a half. Yeah. Like you said, you can usually get through a half without a gel. I might carry one. And I think I remember taking one in, in during the Blackmores, just, you know, kilometer 16 and it's, it's as much probably a placebo as anything, but you just get a little bit of sugar and maybe that gives you, you know, a little, a little perk up, but yeah, that, and nothing, nothing to too crazy it's just uh it's mostly just gels and and fluids all right let's talk about the new venture with your goal of, of running a 220 which you're also um documenting online um so we'll talk about how you're going to go about doing that what you're going to be doing in training to allow that to happen you mentioned possibly looking at doing the canberra marathon let's start with how you with the online um let's call it a blog but you can um you can fix that up allowing other people to follow along on the journey i have read the articles that you've done on run creature and you're actually very skillful at writing so it's uh it's fantastic that you're doing that and also joining the team with with, with the other people who are sharing all these incredible stories of, of athletes and and what it takes to become elite so let's talk about you running a sub 220 sure absolutely um so yeah run creature i mean it's it's kind of twofold i guess there's you can call it a blog or a magazine 
there's there's kind of a magazine element where I'm you know writing sort of magazine style features about athletes, but there's also a blog component where I'm sort of detailing my running journey as well and sort of trying to help readers if they if they want to uh, come along on this journey and sort of see what the training looks like um, for someone who's sort of you know in in you know preparing for a marathon and and trying to run one uh, I guess you know in this sort of ballpark what it, what it looks like to sort of attempt to run a two twenty marathon um so yeah in terms of in terms of that as a goal i mean i'm, I'm just it's a nice round number i suppose um and, and you know i've run 226 and, and i would like to i guess just try and steadily chip away at that time and, and and see if we can't um keep improving and 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 maybe you know <laughs> maybe just pull it off uh it, it, it's it seems like an ambitious target um especially for someone who's only got two marathons under their belt. Um, I was really hoping that I would have been able to run two more uh, in 2020 and just sort of get those extra reps in because, you know, it's a, it's a big undertaking and there are a lot of variables in a marathon, as you know, Aston, like, you know, sometimes things just don't go to plan uh, and you only get so many cracks in, in a calendar year. Um, so look, I, I'm, I'm well aware that it's kind of this ambitious plan, but uh, like you said, all you can do is sort of train for it and then try and trust the training and, and, and go out and do your best on the day. So 220, um, that's basically running a pace of about three minutes and 19 seconds or 18 seconds if you want to err on the side of caution for 42.2 kilometers. Um, I've sort of, you know, I, I think I'm sort of at a point where I'm, approaching being able to to do that yeah so if, if if at this stage obviously there's a few of us training for up canberra in april we'll have to wait and see what happens there possibly a backup of um gold coast in, in july then you got sydney in september but are you at the mo- at the moment just thinking okay canberra's going ahead this is my whatever weeks it is out and i'm training as if canberra's gonna go at the moment, that's my mentality. Um, yeah. I sat down with my coach around Christmas time and we sort of looked at the calendar and, you know, I think, I think we both agreed that Gold Coast is probably the faster course. It's probably the deeper race, just if we're looking at sort of, you know, historically speaking. But then my counter to that is that, you know, I've, I've sort of been maintaining this, this level of fitness for quite some time. Uh, and I think it's just, you know, the, the idea of trying to maintain and maintain just sort of endlessly or <laughs> at least for another six months it was just sort of looking like that was just too much and yeah. uh and I wanted to have a, a race before that logistically Canberra's you know an easier race for me to get to uh, we've got family in town like it's it's quite an easy sort of um thing to thing to do quickly if we need to like if I need to sort of say oh well race a marathon we can we can get accommodation there we can travel down there quite quickly so logistically it's 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 very very sort of easy for for me to race there um, I've done the course before. I, I'm familiar with it. Um, hopefully, it hasn't changed too much. I know it's sort of under new new management, the event. But um, yeah, hopefully, they they keep that course relatively similar to the one that I know, anyway. And um, yeah, that's kind of the the mentality. I mean, look, I'm I'm still sort of got Gold Coast swimming around, sort of in the back of my mind. Maybe get up there for a half marathon if if I run the Canberra full, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know if, if things if things progress and, and go ahead later in the year, um, Sydney or Melbourne as well. Um, but yeah, I think at this stage, I'm looking at Canberra as, a, as the first marathon of the year that, that I'd love to run. Yep. And, and if it didn't, you would head up to the Gold Coast? 
Yeah, yeah. Look, if, yeah. if for whatever reason it didn't go ahead, then then yeah. that, that fallback is probably going to be the Gold Coast for yeah. sure. And you you reassess, you you look at what you've done in training, and and, yeah. and you can just sort of yeah either maintain or take a rest if needed, and then and then build back up again. Yeah. So how many weeks out of um, Canberra are we now? Um, what are we? Maybe maybe thirteen weeks out okay. now. It's, um, right, it's yeah. April April eleventh. So yeah. so when did yeah. you start your training block? Like in the new year or? Yeah, pretty much started Jan Jan four. Um, had a lot of like quite a few sort of track races just at the end of 2020, um, and they all went well. And then sort of coming into December, I just found that I was like getting pretty tired. Um, like in my workouts, I was it was getting hot. It was summer. Um, yeah. Just wasn't wasn't hitting my my sessions very well. And so I spoke to the coach, and we kind of both agreed I probably needed just a couple of weeks where where I was running easy. Um, and so, yeah, over over Christmas and over the holiday sort of period, just sort of backed off the speed stuff, still kept the volume relatively high, but just wasn't doing any speed sessions. And then um, we kind of just arbitrarily said from Jan 4th, that'll be the start of the marathon build. And and um, it, mentally, it's been kind of helpful. It was like, OK, I can just sort of ease off a bit. And, and it's now given me kind of this this sort of added motivation when when Jan 4 sort of hit. I was looking at the program. I was like, all right, ready to go again. So um, yeah. Yep. So yeah, a couple, couple weeks in, yeah, ran ran about 140 kilometers in that first week. Um, we'll probably be about 135 this week with a, with with a race um, tonight. Yep. So um, yeah, so far so good. You won't look at trying to run much bigger than that in in the weeks before April. I think I think I'll be starting to build it up. Yeah, probably one, maybe get up to as much as 150. But yep. I don't think I'll be going too much more than that. Yep. I think you know I'm. I'm proven i guess that i can sort of run a, a relatively good marathon off off less than that i think we'll, we'll sort of see how see how we travel in, in canberra off sort of averaging those 150k weeks and um yeah hopefully that bodes well now let's talk about run creature when did that start and and what i mean obviously you mentioned before with your work you're um in the media did you yeah let's just start what first of all the purpose of why you wanted to start start this up is it just something that you felt you wanted to do personally or you felt that it was something else that needed to be added to what was out there or yeah well um a little bit of the backstory uh i, I was teaching and i was happily teaching but I, I sort of had this moment with my wife i was like you know what I, I love writing i miss miss writing um when i worked as a journalist i i sort of somehow ended up in the space where I was writing about science and technology and engineering, which was really fascinating and really interesting, but it kind of, you know, it wasn't my, my background or where my expertise lay. Um, and I'd always thought about, you know, writing about sport. I'd always been interested in sport and, and I thought, you know what, I'm doing so much running at the moment and I'm really sort of falling in love with the sport of athletics and running. It'd be really cool to start writing about athletes and profiling athletes and, and and telling some of their stories um, and I sort of looked at what was going on in Australia at the time and I thought look there's some really phenomenal talents that we have here in Australia and it'd be really really cool to sort of um, yeah just just start talking to them and, and learning about you know what they do in training and, and and beyond running as well like get their sort of get the human angle like find out what you know what it is in their lives that they've had to overcome to to be successful and, and things that they've persevered through so I just got this idea and um, and that sort of simmered away for a little bit. And then I made a call that that's what I was going to focus on. I was going to sort of resume being a freelance writer. And that was back in, I guess, January uh, 
2020, way back in January 2020. God, it's not that long ago, but it seems seems mm-hmm. almost a lifetime ago. And the, the first athlete that I, I reached out to was uh, a guy most Canberrans would know is Michael Roger, who's a world champion Paralympian. And Michael was about to go over to Houston to run a marathon, and he was, you know, he was the existing world record holder in his uh, Paralympic classification. But he was going to go out and try and, you know, set a new world record. And I thought to myself, like, this is a, this is a news story. Like, this is a a phenomenal world-class athlete who's you know Canberra based living in Australia he's going overseas to set a world record like surely I can write a great yarn about this guy and I can and I can sell that to a a newspaper or you know whatever a a website here in Australia and I did that like I I talked to Michael I've talked to his coach Philo Saunders um wrote a really great piece about you know his 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 career to date, him going over to the States, him having a crack at this world record, which he set, by the way. Um, and I couldn't sell that story to anyone. I couldn't, you know, no, you know, I, I, I tried to pitch it to the ABC. I tried to pitch it to the Guardian. I tried to pitch it to all these places. Um, and lots of people said, you know, it's really interesting, but like we just don't, you know, we don't have the budget for it or it's just not, not right for us at this time. Um, and it kind of just had it sitting on my computer. And I thought, look, I don't want this to just, you know, die a slow death so i ended up giving it to the Canberra times like i just i said to the editor there we were chatting and i said look you just just run this in the saturday paper um you know let 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 your readers at least see it and that was the case and i mean a bit of goodwill on my my part but i just i left that experience thinking look it's just it's a pretty crappy state that you know we've got these fantastic athletes and we can't get a story published <laughs> yeah. um, anywhere uh, there's no market for it and so um look I, that got me thinking uh, and again like this this was sort of simmering way in the background i ended up writing a couple a story for tempo journal um and, and their editor riley wolf was fantastic i wrote a story on millie clark who's a, a great female marathoner based in tassie um and so tempo's doing fantastic things i mean they're, they're it's a beautiful publication incredible photography they do a really really phenomenal job um but I was kind of wanting to go even that that little bit further. I mean, you, you look at Tempo Journal and what they do, and it's beautifully beautifully crafted. Um, but the stories are the stories are still relatively short. And I I've just come from this background where I wanted to do more long form journalism. You know, writing these really really in depth narrative pieces and and really drill into the 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 detail. And and again, there was just no market for that. And so I thought, well, look, if it, if it doesn't exist, maybe you just have to take a punt and and create. A space for that yourself, uh, which is effectively what I've done, I guess. So, yeah, Run Creature, I guess, was um, an idea that sort of sprung up in the middle of the year, and, and I worked with a, a graphic and web designer to get a site developed um, and looking looking pretty good. I was pretty happy with with how it's sort of set up, and um, the goal is, I guess, to to try and to try and keep it going long term. Aston, um, hopefully that comes to fruition. I mean, we need to start, I guess, generating a bit of revenue from from advertisers and sponsors and the like. But um, hopefully that comes. But uh, the goal is to basically tell one long form story about an athlete or an inspirational runner in Australia um, once every month, and have sort of a monthly feature. And uh, and and then on top of that, have some additional sort of content that we're we're pumping out and 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 the blog, looking at uh, my marathon training. So that's that's effectively what it is um but yeah the goal is to sort of to, to have a space where we're telling great stories about australian athletes and, and inspirational runners in our australian running community yeah and that's what i sort of picked up on because um i, think I read read somewhere maybe you wrote it um or it might have been might have been someone talking about it but 
it was it's more about the story behind the story um, rather than just runners telling you their PBs in the next race and the, the stuff you've heard from other athletes. It's more about trying to get in into their into their minds and into the um, into the history behind the runner and like you said that the bad times the good times and the more interesting stories that sometimes we don't hear uh, for whatever reason and um, and a, a lot, lot of us say like when we're watching races and we watch these runners out the front and you know them by name but you actually don't know the story you don't know anything about them mm-hmm. and I think I think there is a need and and I've I've spoken about it and I've heard other people mention it that we want to hear more about the the runners and, and where they come from and all those interesting stories that sometimes the runner themselves maybe um, you know they're they're not confident in telling the stories or, or whatever it might be but most of us like to like to hear you know from the heart from what's actually gone on in their lives has driven them to to their success and uh, and so I I think. And correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. That that's sort of where you're trying to go with it is to try to get those more special stories behind the athlete rather than just the old statistics. Would that be right? I think so. I think that's definitely a goal, right? I mean, and, and you know, you can go on the World Athletics and you can look at you know Liam Adams' PBs and they're right there for you, but you don't have any context around them, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. know what happened in in Marathon X that led him to to you know, maybe run a little bit slower. Was he dealing with an injury or, or something else happened in, in his mm-hmm. life? So there's always, you just miss that context if you're just looking purely at the numbers. And I, I just think, mm-hmm. you know, there's always a story, you know, it doesn't matter who the individual is that you're talking to. I mean, everyone, everyone goes through things in their lives, like, you know, big life-changing events. And sometimes it's little things, but they can have a big impact, you know, like most, mm-hmm. most elite runners would have dealt with injuries at some point in their life. And, and, you know, those can be recurring injuries or they can just be, they can just have a, a big emotional and mental toll on, on some people as well. And so it's really interesting to sort of just hear people talk about how they, how they manage those, those hard times. Um, and, and that's what I found, like in talking to people, you just, you know, you go into an interview and you have your sort of preconceived notions about who an individual is or who an athlete is. And then they'll just completely surprise you, right? They'll just, they'll, something will come in from, a, from completely out of the blue or out of left field and, and it'll change the course of, of the interview and it'll change the course of the story that you thought you were going to write. And, you know, that's, uh, that's sometimes surprising, but it's also, it makes for, for interesting storytelling as well. So, so you will always do face-to-face because there's more chance that those emotions will come out when you are face-to-face rather than over the phone? I'd love to. I mean, it, it's been really, mm. really challenging this year, obviously, and sometimes the logistical thing. I mean, the first, the first four stories that I've written, um, none of them have been face to face. I've done a couple of Zoom calls, so you actually see the individual, mm. but um, yeah, nothing has been in person, which is obviously not the not my preference. You're you're exactly right. I mean, when you're sort of sitting down with someone face to face, you you can you can read their emotions, you can read their body language, you can pick up on on little little details and and quirks and uh sometimes that's a lot harder to do over the phone um but the reality i guess is just that you know sometimes these athletes are are traveling they're they're all over the place they're training they're going on training camps to different places they're going to races in different places so um yeah sometimes it's just it's just the case that you have to do it by phone but um yeah moving forward i mean obviously if if we're talking to athletes locally and, and domestically it'd be awesome to sort of increase the amount of face-to-face time hopefully it's exciting times with being olympic year not too sure what information you have the last thing i heard was it's definitely going ahead it's just at what level it's going to go ahead i would love to see something like we all would 
just for just for the athletes it would be so hard just you know not knowing whether it's going to be on or not that would be you know hard very hard so um but it would be exciting um at the moment uh, for yourself who want to um speak to athletes who are leading into the olympics um there's so many stories there i'm hoping that we do have an olympic qualifier if athletics australia puts that on sometime in the year to um give people a chance to uh, to make the olympics absolutely yeah i think that's yeah. really really important and, and i hope that um, athletics australia or, or or you know maybe working in partnership with some of the state mm-hmm. athletics can can make sure that there is that sort of event where there's a, a qualifier and i you know i've sort of tossed around the idea that maybe there should be a marathon trials race uh that would be pretty exciting i, I mean mm-hmm. we've got a, there's there's enough athletes who have qualified already but i think there's some phenomenal um, athletes who who probably haven't had a chance to run a, a qualifier just given the state of where we are in the world with the coronavirus and the, and the mm-hmm. mass cancellation of all these events but um you look at what happened down in tasmania and, and tom decanto running 62 minutes for the half i mean it would be pretty awesome to see him get a get a chance to to run a marathon or a guy like julian spence who raced in doha it would be cool um but again i think that would take a lot of coordination from athletics australia to, to put on an event event like that Hopefully it happens though, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Um, look, thank you so much. I know you got a race tonight. Was it 3,000 metres you said on the track? Yeah, 3,000 metres on the track. Um, yeah, yeah. What time's that kick off? Uh, that will be, it's scheduled for 7, about 7.15 tonight. I think they're doing a live stream as well. Okay. Um, so it's an Athletics New South Wales event, but yeah, happening down here. Uh, okay. And it looks a... It's a bit windy out there at the moment and very sunny, sunny, but it's um, it's a couple yeah. degrees cooler than it has been. So hopefully that, uh, yeah, hopefully we get some nice conditions this evening. So what's the time you're trying to hit? Or are you just out there for a race? <laughs> just out for a race, Aston. Yeah. Uh, like I'd, I'd love to run something quick. I'd love to sort of get, get close to that that PB that I set uh, back in, I believe, November. So run run mm-hmm. somewhere around 8.30. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't tapered for this race at all. I've kind of, you know, we're in the marathon build now. And so run it run it like a session try to run it quick but um yeah it's not yeah. it's not the focus it's not the priority uh yeah. it's just a bit fun and um you got someone lined up for run creature you got an interview coming up um well i do and i can i guess tease it um i don't know when this is uh gonna go live but um dion finacciaro uh yep. who i know you interviewed previously and uh who is just an absolute machine of an athlete uh, in terms mm. of the training that he he does um He's just flown to the United States because he's about to take part in Hoka 11's Project Carbon X2, which is a, I guess, a hundred-kilometer race that they're they're holding um, to, I guess, coincide with the launch of their new super shoe. So all the athletes are Hoka athletes, and they're going to be wearing this um, this this new shoe. And uh, Dion's the only Australian, and he's over there. They've flown him over there. He's in a hotel bubble in near Phoenix in Arizona. And uh, next Saturday, I guess it'll be Sunday, 1 a.m. our time, he's going to have a crack at the 100K Australian record, and he's going to have a pacemaker going out with him. Um, so that's uh, that's pretty exciting in terms of what's coming up. And so we did a nice long chat with Dion just a few days ago. That's going to be going up this week. Mm, yeah, no, fantastic. I, yeah, I saw um, on his Instagram, yeah, it's over there. It's, I think he was minus two, but he was loving uh, the break from the Australian summer. Everyone thinks Arizona and, and thinks it's, you know, beautiful, sunny and hot. But I guess in, in January, you can get some crisp, uh, cool mornings there. So yeah. he's got to yeah. put the gloves and the balaclava on for those morning runs. But hopefully when, when they get out on the race, uh, on, the, on that fast track that they're running on, it'll be nice conditions. Yeah, yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah, no, Dion's a great bloke. And yeah, he's, 
really looking forward to see how that goes because uh, Camille here on is involved and is um Jim Wormsley is he involved in that as well or yeah Jim Wormsley so there's a few from what 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 the press uh, statements yeah. say from Hawker there's a few yeah. athletes who are going to be going out sub six hour pace which is just mind boggling but yeah. um Jim so Wormsley Dion's going to try and break the 100k Aussie record but what are the other athletes are they trying to chase? Are they chasing records as well? Or? Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's it's being built as a world record attempt um, across the board, I guess. So there's right. they've got I think 40 athletes all up, men and women, who are going to be running in in these events. So the the main one's happening in Phoenix at a at an 11 kilometer loop track in Phoenix, undisclosed location. Um, but uh, yeah, so so the the men are going out trying to break the world record, which I believe is six hours and nine minutes uh mm. or take and the women's record is about six hours 33 minutes so mm. um yeah the, those front runners in both the men's and women's races are going to be going out yeah trying to get under basically six hours for the men and under six hours 30 for the women and mm. uh and dion's going to be running with a pacemaker who's trying to get him the australian record running at six twenty six hours 27 minute pace so oh, wow. um okay yeah who holds yeah. that aussie record <laughs> you're testing me here i believe his name is tim sloan yeah, oh, yeah. And that was set a while ago, or I believe it was set in 1995. Okay, maybe, maybe fact check me on that one, but uh, mm. yeah. So, uh, any, either way, I mean, if he pulls it off, amazing. I mean, he had a huge run back in November. He did that lockdown 50k challenge, and he set the Australian 50k record, um, yep. was, which was pretty huge. So, I think mm. he's in pretty good shape. I mean, it's a it's a tight turnaround to to come off a 50k um, record and then to to run 100k. But look. Um, He's he's a guy who loves to run and loves to race. He puts pushes his body to extreme. So if anyone can do it, he might be the, he might be the man. So yeah, hopefully yeah. He has a great race on the day. Yeah, 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 certainly. And obviously, um, COVID restrictions over there a bit. Uh, there must be in a little bubble, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I spoke to him about that. I mean, he was quite concerned initially about about going. Um, obviously, mm. with what's happening in the United States, it's it's mm. uh, pretty dire in terms of what's happening in COVID. And I think Arizona in particular isn't isn't doing very well. But um, yeah, they're they're sort of amazingly he's not in a in a forced quarantine like he's, he doesn't have to quarantine but i think okay. he's sort of self-imposed quarantine sure. and they're staying in they're staying in a hotel bubble there, it, there's no other guests it's just the athletes so hulk has obviously like sort of taken care of all the logistics so mm. you know fingers crossed he can um he can have a great race and also you know stay covid free and stay safe all right miles thank you so much look really looking forward to uh, to your personal journey that uh, sub 220 Hopefully, I'll see how I'm tying the line at Canberra in April. Otherwise, maybe up there on the Gold Coast. But, yeah, all the best with it all, mate. Hopefully, the body just continues to absorb. I reckon you're looking pretty good for that sub-220, mate. And best of luck with, with Run Creature. Now, I'm going to put um, some links um, in the show description below um, over to your Instagram page, over to, to your website. Now, just for people that are listening, would it just be runcreature.com.au or...? Yeah, no, no, dot au. It's just runcreature.com. Dot com. Run. Okay, runcreature.com. And you've got your Instagram page. Is there um, is there anything else there? Uh, you got a Strava no. link? Do you mind? Yeah, I mean, people follow people you along there. Yeah, yeah, people um, you follow me on Strava, but all yeah, all the links are on on runcreature.com. It's sort of just you know you scroll down to the bottom and we've got all the links all there. All the social so links down the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and it's it's just a free subscription, isn't it? Yeah, at the moment that's it's completely free. I mean, we're hoping to keep it that way. Um, yep. At some point down the down the track, we might look at doing something like a Patreon sub- subscription, where sure. you know, can pay, and we'll, we'll sort of have to figure out what that bonus content and what the value add will be. But um, yeah, yep. we think you know, we think the articles are 
there's value in them. Um, yeah, no, I've certainly read through them, and uh, I certainly I recommend to all the listeners to uh, to jump over and have a look and and read and and subscribe uh, so you get the next article that comes out. Um, it's awesome that, uh, that that you're doing that. Uh, the more people that keep adding um, these articles and this information resources over to the uh, to the running community, um, all the better. And obviously, you're very skillful at doing it. It's uh, it's very easy reading. So well done there, mate. All the best tonight, mate. Hopefully, you uh, you get out there and uh, get close to that 8:32 uh, PB. But uh, if not, like you said, you're in the marathon um, mode. So um, so be it. But uh, I find, and you'll probably find a lot of runners find. Uh, when they're in marathon mode, uh, just the strength they get from them and that extra um, volume, you tend to um, still run pretty quick. So uh, you never know, mate. All the best. I hope that's the case. Look, Aston, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it, mate. It was great to be on the, the podcast with you. And um, thank you again for all the support and, and the opportunity to, to have a chat. Not a problem. Miles. My pleasure, mate. And um, yeah, we'll um, we'll see each other soon, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Definitely, um, yeah, looking forward to Canberra. Fingers crossed it goes ahead and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up then. All right, mate. Thanks again. Cool. Thanks, Aston. All right. Cheers, Miles. Mm-hmm.